0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman here with the amazing and wonderful Jennifer White. Yay, I'm here.
0: <laughs>
1: Today's episode, we have a great guest who tells an amazing story of growing. Her own family, as well as the details, intricacy, and help for a surprising way the law works. Um, in intro to that, Jen, what yes. law has surprised you the most that you've learned about?
2: Um, well, I have to admit that in preparation for this question, <laughs> I Googled. So. <laughs> yes, so did I. <laughs> um, yes, I actually was really surprised to read that it is illegal to eavesdrop in Oklahoma. Hmm. Interesting. I, I mean, just for the number of times, like, what does that, you know, it's like no loitering with intent to overhear. And I'm like, but like, how many times do you just like sit in a restaurant exactly. and you happen to overhear a yeah. conversation? like? Is that how do you prove intent in that situation? Mm, right? Um, so I found that surprising. Uh so what that is
1: surprising. Well, the one I found that surprised me, which I kinda laughed at was, and this is according to Google, right? So I don't know if it's still true, but sure. Sure. it said that in North Carolina, it's illegal to hold a meeting or demonstration while wearing a mask, hood, or other costume, um, which I guess apparently was uh, passed a crackdown on KKK act- activities sure. back in the day, which makes sense. But I was laughing because now, of course, with all meetings by Zoom and, right. you know, the filter that's stuck on, the the cat, you're you're apparently breaking the law if you were in North Carolina, well, so also- You have to wear a mask in a public place, right? I mean, that's like a Mm -hmm. CDC directive right now. (laughs) Yes, that too. Exactly. Absolutely. Um,
2: So yeah, hopefully they've done something with that law.
1: Yeah. But stay tuned to learn more about the law of who is recognized as a parent or not. Welcome Genevieve Jaffe to the show. Thank you for
0: joining our podcast. Oh, thank you for having me.
1: And I'll just throw out from the beginning that you're from Connecting Rainbows, this great um, resource and organization that you formed. But before we talk more about that, I was hoping to give you a chance to tell your own story that led to this. Uh, where to start? When you tell your family story, where do you start?
0: Oh man, it's it's a long one. Um, so I have a wife, so we always knew we were going to have to you know, go through some third party assistance, um, and go through a fertility clinic. So when we decided that we wanted to have a family, um, the first thing that we did was find a clinic and then kind of went shopping for a sperm donor. <laughs> um, and was it like I mean, online it dating? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke that it's kind of like online shopping and you kind of get like a designer baby, you know, you can filter by eye color, hair color, height, weight, education, you know, it's, you can kind of pick it, you know, what you right. want. And they often um, say
1: like too much choice
0: make thing makes things harder, which I feel might be an issue here. Yeah. Like for us, I think we were pretty specific in what we were looking for. Obviously health Background was the most important thing for us. I um, openly talk about how I suffer from depression. My wife has anxiety, so we were like, "This guy's got to have no mental health issues because our kids are already gonna, you know, need a therapy fund." But um, so, you know, that was the biggest piece for us. And then I'm very short, so we wanted to make sure we had somebody that was tall.
1: <laughs> that, um, that is
0: a common I, request, even when you aren't short. I <laughs> <How you laughs> take the big one. Yeah, especially if, you know, we didn't know if we were, we would have a boy, you wanted to make sure that, um, you know, he would have, have some good height, height genes (laughs) there. So we did that process and um, found a donor that we just loved. Um, ultimately, turned out we were hit the first pregnancy that that donor ever had, so that was oh. fun. Um, and did you know much? Like, did you know where he was from? Like, was he yeah. in the United States? Do you know the area? That yes, was definitely talking. in the oh, oh. yeah, definitely in the United States. But we don't know much. I mean, we can kind of guess a region based on where the cryobank. Is low, the mm. cryobank has several offices so yeah. <laughs> it would have to be kind of near one of those one of offices those. Um, right. but we I mean we heard his voice they did like a, oh. an interview oh, that's um, cool. yeah they asked a bunch of questions where he answered yeah. you know kind of like little essay um like that but like what we loved so much is that so one of the questions was um you know kind of why why do you want to do this and like what do you hope and you know he said he wants to his biggest, or like, what was his goal in life? His biggest goal in life was to, um, make people feel less alone. Aww. And I was like, Oh, oh we love you. That's a hard question. I,
1: what's what's your, Jen, you, yeah. Jen, oh. what's your biggest goal in life? Jen, I'll just put Jen on the spot. Jen, what's your no, biggest no,
0: goal in life? That might have to
1: be the intro. Like when we go back and record the intro, will, give
2: me some time to think oh, about it. Gosh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have no answer to that. Um, right? but, um, so uh, you know, I mean you can plan and then nothing ever goes as planned. So mm-hmm. our original plan was okay, well, we've got two uter uteri, I guess you call it. And um, <laughs> I've always wondered what the plural <laughs> what is was. The plural yeah. of uterus? We do actually say it is, it's uteri, is it uteri? My my, my right? fertility yeah. doctor, yeah, I did I did some interviews with her and she said uteri, but it still sounds oh. weird. I'm like uteruses? I don't know. Yeah. Since we've got two of them, um you know, she decided that she wanted to carry first because she's three years older than me. And then I would carry second. So the plan was we'll do IUI. So Mm -hmm. just, you know, insemination, we will use the same donor, but we would each then have a biological child. Well, um, my wife had to, um, decrease her anxiety medication to get pregnant and that did not go very well. So, um, yeah, so everything changed wow. and we decided to do reciprocal IVF instead yeah. so she would not carry and I know I would... what that is but do you want to share Yeah, those I will. Yeah. might not be yeah yes so reciprocal yeah. IVF is it's basically like traditional surrogacy so you know they took out my wife's eggs fertilized with our donor sperm and then transferred an embryo into me mm-hmm. so I carried so Um, so we decided to go down that route instead. And my, you know, my wife said like, I don't want to give up being pregnant and having a biological child. Mm. So, so I was like, well, let's just, you know, let's use your, your eggs and I'll carry, like, I want to carry. Um, so that's what we, that's what we did for my, for our son. We had, we had a son and, um, from that, and then we had two remaining embryos left and the plan was always to then, for me to try to have a biological child. But mm. after we had my son, biology just didn't mean anything anymore. Mm. I think that there's so, I, I think that regardless of how you bring a child into this world, whether you adopt, whether you carry, whether, you know, someone else, you have know, a surrogate, whatever. I think that once that child is placed in your arms, like nothing else matters, you are their parent.
1: yeah, And
0: but for me, I had that added extra layer of, I carried him, Like mm-hmm. he couldn't be any, I nursed him, you know, he couldn't be any more mine. I was more connected to him than my wife at first, you know, like he, I birthed him. <laughs> um, yeah. So as time went on and we were talking about having a second, we were like, you know, okay, well, we have two embryos. Yeah. How important is it to me to have a biological child? And, you know, my wife said, like, look, this is not my decision to make. This this is yours. You need, oh, well. you know, I, I can't take that away from you. Um, and ultimately, we decided to use the embryos. And um, neither of them worked out. Um, oh. Yeah, we went in for the transfer. So I had to, you know, prep my uterus and... You know all these shots and needles and tests, and the one embryo did not survive the thaw, which is very uncommon, actually. And then the last embryo was transferred and did not take. So we were back to square one, and I felt like I lost like two. I know it's it's not the same as a a miscarriage or anything, but I still felt like I lost like two little babies. Um, and I was going to ask, because part of yeah. that thinking when you
1: were considering whether to have a biological child related to you, what, were you, what was your thinking of the feeling on the embryos? If you did want to have a biological child, would you have
0: still wanted to use the embryos or donate them? Did you have thoughts on those? Yeah. So we, when we first went to our clinic and we did, you know, all of all the paperwork, we had to decide. Yes. (laughs) Yes, We had to decide what we were going to do with the embryos and our choices were, um, discard them, donate them to another couple or donate them to science. Mm -hmm. And we ultimately decided to donate them to science. Um, we did not feel good about throwing them out. (laughs) Um, we weren't really comfortable with donating them to another couple I think people or or individual I think people who do that are incredible but you know for us we just didn't didn't feel good about that mm-hmm. um but since science gave us so much we wanted to give back to science now mm-hmm. after after that happened um the laws where we live changed and you actually can't donate them to science anymore Ooh, um, wait tell us or, so where so to the audience about. where do you live we live in Pennsylvania Oh, and what were the laws and what are they now? That you could donate them to science and now you can't. (laughs) You have to throw them out or give them to someone else. So I think ultimately what what I've talked to other people about is that you can transfer them to another clinic in a different state Mm -hmm. and then donate them to science that way. Um, You know, obviously we have to pay for that, but I feel a lot better than throwing them out, (laughs) which sounds really strange to say. Um, (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So those two didn't work out. What was next? Those two didn't work out. So we said, okay, what are we going to do? We're back to square one. And I said, I really want to have another little Parker. Like he was perfect to me. I, you know, so Mm. let's, let's, let's do your eggs again, (laughs) You know, my wife. And now my wife is three years older at this point. And she was game Um, for that
1: because before she said, this is up to you. And now this really involves her (laughs) and shots and everything.
0: Yeah. But she wanted, like, again, she wasn't going to be pregnant. So this was a way for her to like really feel connected and a part of it. I think reciprocal IVF is like so cool, you know, just for both, both, um, you know, partners to feel very involved and included in the process. And um, for an egg, for her to go through the
1: retrieval of her eggs, did she have to go off the anxiety medication for that part?
0: No, that's okay. So that was probably mm-hmm. a big part of it. That yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, she was fine to do that. It was the pregnancy piece that was Got um, that you gotta gotta get off or, or lower them significantly. Um, so we said, okay, we're gonna do another egg retrieval. So my wife goes in, has an ultrasound. They said, Oh, we can't see your ovaries. Mm. You have a massive fibroid oh. that needs to be removed immediately. I mean, so, yay for going in and finding it, right? <laughs> like so, yes. So it was there before, but it was like mm. small and in yeah. and kind of seemingly insignificant. And now massively grew and they actually dropped the oncologist word and said you should probably see a gynecological oncologist and we were like what (laughs) um everything was fine everything was fine thank god Um, not cancer cancer. um we actually ended up not even seeing an oncologist because we talked to our my aunt worked at our ob office and she like you know Mm -hmm. dropped the dropped the disc and the ultrasound and the labs and all this stuff to um, to the OB team. And they were like, we're confident that this is not cancer. We can take care of this. Um, it turned out to be a hysterectomy. So my, yeah, yeah. Um, but they kept, so my wife had a partial hysterectomy. They kept her ovaries, so she did not go into menopause and we could also use her eggs still. Um, Yes, very good. Obviously caused a little delay in the process. Um, So what we decided was, okay, while she's recovering, let's try IUI. Like maybe it's meant to be that I'm supposed to do IUI and have a biological child. Um, We went through three IUIs that did not work. And can I have same same donor or different donor? Same donor. Yeah, we had bought a lot of vials (laughs) in the beginning just because we were nervous. Which is Uh, smart. It's like an insurance policy, right? right? Exactly. And did you have
1: to specify? I've heard that the vials sometimes are like IUI versus IVF,
0: different vials. Yeah. uh, So we didn't. So our since our original plan was to both do IUI, we Mm -hmm. bought just straight up IUI vials, um, which are more expensive. Uh, but that was just, we didn't, we didn't know any better. And I mean, I'm glad that we did for many reasons. One, if we have the kids that we do now, um, <laughs> and two, they're just, there's more, there's more sperm in there. I mean yeah, and again, yeah. when you're doing IVF, it's really not as relevant, but, um, so did three IUIs did not work out. And so we said, okay, well let's do an egg retrieval. And, um, Throughout this process, my wife's mom actually passed away, oh. and um, a few weeks after that, I got pregnant with our daughter. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> we felt like that was kind of magically, you know, that her mom kind of took care of it for us because, yeah. you know, it had been mm. six or seven months at that point, and um, yeah, so we did the egg retrieval, ended up with three embryos again, and transferred one, and then we got our daughter. So, and do you have two more embryos still? We do.
1: Do you have two more children um, you're considering? Absolutely. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> uh,
0: maybe one. We are undecided. Um, I had, I had really hard pregnancies. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. And we're at the, you know, I'm at the geriatric age now, so. Oh, 35? <laughs> I am. Yep. So yes. I mean, yes. So, I mean, the embryo, well, the embryos are too, because um, my wife was 37 when we did the retrieval. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you so, know.
1: But you haven't, at this point, moved them out of state to then no. go to research. Those, like, two steps you'd have to do if you wanted the research option.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So they are still at our clinic um, hanging out until we make a decision. <laughs> As to, I mean, my daughter's not even one yet. So um, we are, we're we're just, is. you know, surviving the the pandemic where the toddler and a newborn, you know, so right. we're, we are, uh, you know, not making any decisions. Like all of us, but, just surviving, but we're young kids <laughs> exactly. even more wow, so. so. So sorry, that brings me up and this is
2: totally not related to this, just kind of in a separate note. So you gave birth during the pandemic then?
0: I did in the beginning How- of it how was that? What
2: was that experience like, especially because you had obviously now that was your second birth. So in comparison, how different was that? Was that, especially if it was early on, how, how terrifying was that?
0: Yeah, it was different. (laughs) Um, so towards the end of my pregnancy, I was when, so I gave birth April 9th. So, you know, things had just shut down past few weeks. So, you know, when I was, I guess, 30, six 35 36 weeks I scheduled like an emergency therapy appointment to have to kind of talk to my therapist of like what am I going to do if I have to do this by myself right I had a very traumatic delivery with my son and so I was really scared um I originally had, this is a whole other story. Um, I originally had a scheduled C-section because my del- delivery with my son was really traumatic. And my doctors were like, you're never doing that again. Um, and I was like, so I'm going to have major surgery by myself and then have to take care of a newborn by myself in the hospital. Like, you know, it was like a whole thing, um, which then ultimately did not turn out to, I did not have a C-section. Um, and my wife was allowed to be there. <laughs> so oh. it all
1: worked out. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so but in you some ways to do the
2: gymnastics of it in your brain, you know, get the... yes,
0: yes. So ultimately it was a much better birth experience. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in that way, um, obviously it was very different in that everyone was in masks and mm-hmm. no one else was able to come visit. And, yeah. We could see into the COVID ICU units from the room where I oh, was wow. with people in wow. full on gear. Oh my gosh, it, that's scary. W- wow. Yeah. And then, and then nervous of having people come in, you know, the lactation mm-hmm. consultant coming in. I'm like, do I want you to be here right now? Mm. Um, you know, I just, it was, yeah, it was different. <laughs> um, but in some ways, It was kind of nice just being my wife and my daughter to have just some time for the three of us before coming home into the chaos of a three-year-old and no school or activities or anything. Um, So it was nothing like we planned, of course, Um, you know, coming home with the newborn and, you know, you have all these ideas of, of what that would look like, of people, you know, Coming to visit and you going to music class, and you know, my son being at school all day, so we could spend time with just the baby. And <laughs> yeah, none there of that
1: you. happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to back up a little bit, tell us a little bit about your past professional um, background, as I think it plays a little bit into the future, right?
0: It does. So I'm a lawyer. Um, oh, I. Sound <laughs> typical lawyer so I was a corporate lawyer in I say that too but (laughs) yeah well I think well people can appreciate the the working virtually now but for the past seven years I've had a virtual law office oh seven years now. yes so I was a corporate lawyer in Manhattan and quit that job to start my own practice over seven years ago at this point Um, I do contracts and trademarks for entrepreneurs So. Um, I've been working with virtual business owners again for years. So mm-hmm. none of this has been new to me. Um, it's, it's funny, you know, but, seeing everybody <laughs> adjust to that.
1: I mean, I, I felt similarly where I did mo- a lot of my work for my home office, but the difference with the pandemic was I was not used to so many other people being in my space oh, right. and in the house. So I'm sure you, you might've had a little bit of that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. No, Thanks. I was like, I this is the normal for me. And then it was like watching everybody else adjust was, was funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, my wife was always home too. So um, we've always just been home together. Uh, The difference was my son being home 24 hours a day (laughs) as with no activities um, uh... as well, but, but yes, so I am a lawyer. um, And then also I have had a social media business the past few years as well doing content creation and I have a blog and, you know, a lot more fun than the legal stuff. Yeah. So 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 when you, yeah. Oh, so when you had your children, you're like,
1: we both go on the birth certificate. Our, Mm -hmm. you know, our family's protected. Everything's good.
0: No, (laughs) no. Tell us about that. that. (laughs) (laughs) So I had no idea that this was a thing because this is not my area of law but when I was, um, when I was pregnant, one of our lesbian couple friends told us that they, you know, went through, you know, a lawyer to both have parental rights. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's crazy. And, you know, then kind of looked more into it and turns out guys that being on the birth certificate is not enough. And so with our son, we went through and where we are. So we live in Pennsylvania, but I gave birth in New Jersey. So we had to go through New Jersey and we went through the second parent adoption process.
1: And can you explain why it's not enough to be on, just to be on yeah, the first so, certificate?
0: Yeah. So this is not legal advice, but this is yes, legal yes, information. Disclaimer, disclaimer,
1: disclaimer. I, I
0: always <laughs> love when there's, there's an
2: attorney on there. Like, this is not le- This is not an attorney client relationship. <laughs> this is not all the things. <laughs>
0: the lawyer comes out. Right. Um, so a birth certificate is an administrative document that's governed by the laws of a state. And if you leave that state, another state does not necessarily have to recognize that, um, you know, as a quote legal document. And since two women cannot make a child, or at least, you know, partners with both have a uterus cannot make a child, um, you know, there is no presumption (laughs) yet. There is no presumption that we are both the parents. Obviously, there was a third party involved. So we needed to go through and get a judgment that says, hey, these two women are the legal parents of these children, just so that, you know, there is something that lawyers like to call full faith and credit in any state that we go to, any state would recognize that we are the parents. And it's really just protection for our family. Um, if one of us died, you know, inheritance rights, uh, if there were, if, you know, we got divorced, they're in custody, it's really planning. It's, it's planning for the worst, which, you know, especially with the government that we've had, um, was a good idea to do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And how did you feel or react when you hear about this? Cause I know I often try to explain this to clients and there's just like this anger, like this feeling of being in, of being in sense that they have to go through this while a heterosexual married couple who use a donor would not. Correct.
0: Now, again, I mean, it is a rebuttable presumption even for a cis hetero couple. Um, It's offensive. It's very offensive. Um, My wife who was the biological mother had to adopt the children. Um, I was the gestational mother while I, so I was considered to be the legal parent, which is just crazy. Like totally if we, went, my wife is my, like my son is my wife's clone. If we <laughs> went to a hospital, they would be like, you need to leave. This is not your child. And like, how do I prove that? Like they look identical to each other. Um, she felt it. She was like very insulted by it um, yeah. for sure. And yeah. it's, it is, it's, it's angering. It's, we entered into, we're married. We went to this clinic together. We bought this sperm together. We went through this treatment together. We decided to bring a child into this world. The donor has no parental rights by going through the cryo bank, he gave up his rights to do that. And so now for us to have to spend a couple thousand dollars on top of the 50,000 we spent on fertility is it's frustrating for sure. I mean, I'm so grateful, you know, I can play the gratitude game all I want of, I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to do that. I'm so grateful that the law allow for it now. Um, and, but, <laughs> but yes, it's, yeah, it's we've come not, so far, but yeah, it's, it, it's hard. It's just, it's another hurdle that and you have to go through. As an attorney
1: yourself, were you like, well, I can just handle this myself. Or what were your thoughts on that? No,
0: no, 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 I'm not touching it. <laughs> I was like, I know
1: nothing about this. <laughs> Good for
0: you. I you're, you're welcome guys. Um, no, I know nothing about this area of law. I had no interest in trying to teach it to myself while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not licensed in New Jersey where I gave mm-hmm. birth. Um, I didn't want to, I don't, you know, I don't go to court. I don't want to, yeah, no, had no, no interest <laughs> whatsoever in doing that. And it with something this important, I didn't want to mess it up. And I know a lot of people try to do things themselves and, you know, as a lawyer myself, I, I'm, help people fix those mistakes. Um, you know, just in my, in my practice already that, yeah, I was like, I, yeah, no, I'm not messing this up.
1: So how did you find the right attorney?
0: A referral. Yeah. So I, yeah, people, I had a friend who went through the process, used, used him. He's, like one of the founding fathers of all of this type of law anyway. So yeah. I figured he's a, he's a good one. He's gay. <laughs> let's do, one, let's do, do it. A, do you want a shout out? You can give a shout out if you want. Bill Singer.
1: Yay, Bill Singer, <laughs> hey, Bill. <laughs> uh, So that was it. You're like, okay, that was frustrating.
0: We're done. I can move on. Or was that not the end? Well, we had another baby. So then we have to do it again. <laughs> um, and So this kind of leads into my, my, my business of, so with, I shared on social media, our entire fertility journey, um, just for, for us, I connected with a lot of other lesbian couples who went through fertility and it was so incredibly helpful while we were going through the process to learn what to expect. And kind of just what everybody else had gone through and then to you know connect with pregnancies and births and celebrations that I wanted to do the same for other people. So we shared our journey, we shared the adoption process, and then that led to a lot of questions, of course, um, from people. Um, in the fall, so fall of 2020, so when Amy Coney Barrett was nominated, I put out to my Instagram community, hey, friends, you know, if you are in the LGBTQ plus community, here are some things you may want to consider doing to protect yourself. God forbid something were to happen. And it was, you know, wills, healthcare proxy, power of attorney, adopt your kids, or, you know, get a judgment of parentage. And that post was shared thousands of times, which then led to a lot of people asking me if I knew a lawyer in their specific location. And I was like, you know, I I don't know. Here's a directory that I found. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in December, we went through the second parent adoption process with our daughter. And I had shared on that post specifically, being on the birth certificate is not enough. And that led to like, whoa. (laughs) whoa questions whoa reaction um it led to but my but but I spoke to a lawyer who said that the birth certificate is fine and I was like "Eh, okay Mm. I'm gonna do something about this and I kind of just like you know what I'm gonna create my own directory of lawyers who know what they're talking about (laughs) and also are well-versed in working with the LGBTQ class community. It's different. The laws are different. What what this community needs is different. And I don't, I want our community to be taken care of. I wanna be able to say here, here's a link to my website. All of these attorneys are people that I have personally spoken to. I can't use the word vetted, of course, um, but that I've spoken to that I know are competent and compassionate and are either gay themselves or have had lots of clients who are LGBTQ plus and know how to talk to you. They're going to use the right pronouns. They are going to be respectful. They're not going to ask who the father is. They're not going to ask where the husband is. Because I have heard a lot of stories from people who have struggled Mm -hmm. with that. (laughs) And um, my little idea of a directory kind of blew up into (laughs) a big organization that now helps the LGBTQ plus community connect not only with lawyers, but also fertility clinics, fertility resources. um, And that kind of overarching mission is to start grow and protect your family.
1: That's huge. So tell, tell everyone what the name of it is, how they can find
0: it. It is called Connecting Rainbows. I love and it. And we are all over. Name. Thank you. We're all over the social medias and, you know, website is connectingrainbows.org. Um, it's a free. I was going to you know, ask. Does have to people. pay to get these resources? Mm. They do not. They do not <laughs> no. have to pay. Um, you know, I think that, yes, there are directories out there. And, you know, people have said to me, well, you know, they're lawyers at least. (laughs) Well, there is this directory and and this directory. And I'm like, yes. And the problem with those directories is number one, some of them are incomplete. They don't have all states listed. My goal is to have all 50 states. Do Do you have all 50 I don't at this point. Do we need
1: to do a shout out for a certain state? Like someone from Wyoming or wherever, (laughs) reach out. Yeah. West Virginia,
0: man. You all got to step it up. (laughs) I mean, I've talked, I've talked to some, some big names in, in, uh, you know, the family formation world and, and some States there's just. No recommendation, mm-hmm. so we'll touch upon that privately. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we, but I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm very proud. Okay. I mean, this is two months old, so we are making good strides. But the other piece of these other directories is that I find that some of them are are one overwhelming because there are too many lawyers listed, mm. and two, some of these lawyers are not versed in LGBTQ plus needs it's different and i've 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 even spoken to some lawyers who do this type of work that said to me why would a married gay couple why would a married lesbian couple need to do this if they're on the birth certificate and in my own head i said this is per- you are perpetuating the problem and so Well, in a sense, why would they? I mean, part of the the question is like, yes, they
1: shouldn't have to,
0: but. Exactly. But you do. If you're going to leave the borders of your square state, (laughs) (laughs) then they do. Um, And so, you know, I, again, want to make sure that the people in my community are finding the right lawyers, they're finding the the good people. And not that these other words aren't, quote, good people, but that they're finding the people that really serve this community. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. I want to take the stress and overwhelm out of having to find an attorney because we don't want to do this. We don't want to. We don't want to have to find a lawyer. We don't want to have to pay, but we have to and it's important. And so another piece of this organization is education. It's, you know, why do I need to do this? Why is it important? How does it protect my family? What can happen if I don't? Um, yeah, Yeah. no, that's
1: huge. And I, I think that you're right that so many people don't understand, like they're like, yay, the technology is there. We can get married. We can have a child. They don't realize that there's still holes. There's still problems. And that there are steps that are important to take to, to fill those those holes and to make sure they are fully protected.
0: Yeah. And it's hard because you don't want to go to the negative. You don't want to go to the, the dark place of your child getting hurt and having to go to the hospital in a different state or death or divorce. And you don't want to go there. And you don't think about that when you're young and healthy and happy and in love. <laughs> but it happens. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's like a life insurance policy. It's just protecting God forbid something goes wrong. God forbid there are crazy in-laws involved and, <laughs> you know. Um, well, and who knows? Yeah. I mean,
1: even though there's been a change of administration, which many think makes things a little bit safer, there's still been these quotes from Supreme court justices indicating that they believe a Burgerfell was wrongly decided and that the Supreme court should fix that.
0: That, that, yeah
1: definitely raise concerns.
0: Well, and I think that what people, what people who, what people don't know, what lay people don't know is that there is a separation between the judiciary and the executive branch that yes, Biden can put out all of this amazing stuff. And he is, he's like, you know, grandpa Joe, you know, he's like trying to bring forth equality, but the Supreme court <laughs> That they act separately. They are a separate entity. They are the ones that are putting forth the laws and saying, like, you know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna take away DOMA. You know, I mean, again, do I think that's gonna happen? I hope not. <laughs> but Biden can't change it if it does happen. Like people, people don't understand that. Yeah, Biden's awesome. He's doing. He's gonna do everything he can for our community, and already has taken steps. And but. He cannot change. If, if they overturn Obergefell, Biden can't come in and say, you need, you can't do that. Like, he can't do that.
1: Yep. Civics 101, everyone, or, you know, high
0: school civics. <laughs> right. right, yeah. <laughs> con law, con uh, law, and just, yeah, yeah, there's, we've got separate branches. Right. And, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we really love that you have been so open and shared your story to let others feel inspired and have a resource and they have taken it really to the next step of creating Connecting Rainbows to to help others find a resource, understand the issue, and then be connected to someone who can really help them. Is there anything else about Connecting Rainbows that you would like to make sure people know or um, is important for them to be able to support it?
0: just spread the word. You know, I just want to help as many people as possible. Again, this is a free resource for people. Um, and just, I'm continually updating the blog with real stories also. So I want this to be a very safe and inclusive space. So people are sharing their coming out stories, their fertility journey, journeys, their transition stories. Um, It's really a place where you can find something in the LGBTQ plus community to connect with. Um, We also have vlogs. So I'm doing an Ask the Expert series with fertility doctors and lawyers. We are, yeah, we're tracking the fertility journey of a lesbian couple. So you can watch that unfold. And then also doing interviews with members of the LGBTQ plus community to just share their stories.
1: So excellent. What a great resource. We appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Huge thanks to Genevieve Jaffe for introducing us to Connecting Rainbows and for all the work she's doing to help others.
2: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And as we always like to do, you know, we thank you for listening to us and spending a a small amount of your week with us. We really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for those who have left us reviews on iTunes. We love to see those because, you know, yay, iTunes. Um, But more than that, thank you to our team that makes us sound incredible to amanda to tyler and of course to chris at work at bird studios so everybody have a wonderful week and, and we- i'm just gonna
1: throw that reminder out one more time that um yes. we have a merch uh link oh, on our yes. website that if you feel the need to have joggers with pants or a phone case that has a sperm wearing headphones then we have given you the means to accomplish that goal You're absolutely <laughs> thank you